Hey, did you know that the podcast you're listening to right now is actually part of a network of podcasts dubbed the Amazing Friends Podcast Network, Ethan Parker Smith? I did, Griffin Sheridan. And did you know that for other great podcasts, comics, and more, you can visit SheridanandSmith.com? Huh. No shit. Hello, everybody. Come one, come all to the first edition of Kenny Porter's Quarterly Reporterly. Guys, we know that you've all missed Kenny Porter, frequent guest star on the show, frequent amazing friends. Well, guess what? He's got his own time slot now in the feed. It's going to be great. You're going to be uh, here, not seeing, but maybe seeing, hearing a lot more of Mr. Kenny Porter here on his own little mini show within the segment in his Amazing Friends feed. Episode one, Kenny Porter's Quarterly Reportedly. Here's the man himself, Kenny Porter. How's it going, Kenny? So happy to have you back. Griffin, Ethan, it's awesome to be here. I'm excited to do this little spinoff project. I'm hoping it ends mm-hmm. up more mm-hmm. like a Frasier to a Cheers instead of a Joey to a Friends. So <laughs> here's hoping that who, it takes who, off. Who needs like Ryan it. Stegman? That's what we say here. Yeah, let's focus nah. on just the si- the silly character and let's have it all be silly and, and have none of the nuance of any of the characters playing off of each other. Just silliness. Exactly. Yeah, Ryan brings hey, listen, the that's where I live. That's what we're losing with Ryan. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you what Ryan does bring. He brings the drinks to the table. And I'm keeping that spirit alive tonight. I got it truly. I'm sipping on it. Just for you, Ryan Stegman. Uh, I hope he's leaning back tonight, even though we know he is definitely not. As he was like, "Get Kenny to do the show. I'm too busy on work this week. Don't. I can't do it. Get Kenny." <laughs> and we were like, "That's fine. That's totally fine. We've been meaning to anyway." But Kenny, you've got a whole bunch of super dope stuff planned for us tonight, uh, and I'm excited to get to all of it, including a whole bunch of Twitter questions that we got. Yeah. Uh, so thank you everyone for sending those in. But um. Right now, Kenny, I want to turn it over to you, man. Up first, I think we're talking about some upcoming projects because it has been a minute since we've touched base with you, and you've announced a couple of things since then, and uh, I'm excited for the amazing friends to hear all about it. Sweet. Yeah, let's dive right in. So I've been busy, <laughs> basically, mm-hmm. as Great. per usual. I'd love to hear it. Um, yeah, so the first thing coming out, we talked about this a bunch on the other podcast, is uh, Fearless is finally coming out from Scholastic. Mm-hmm. So that's been like four years mm-hmm. in the making with me and my buddy. Very exciting. Uh, Zach Wilcox. Uh, we're so excited it comes out on May 4th. So as far as I know, we don't have a Star Wars movie to compete with this year on May the 4th. So that's pretty nice. <laughs> Thankfully not. Thankfully yeah. not. Um, I've got a couple of the uh, galley proofs here I've been flipping through, which are awesome. Uh it's full color cover, and then the first about twenty pages are color, and the rest is black and white. I'm gonna be honest; mm-hmm. it's pretty dope in black and white. Like if Fuck I could yeah. get an all black and white mm. edition, I'd be all about that. Uh, nice. But yeah, I'm super excited about it. Some early reviews have come in, uh, like from oh, Kirkus, yeah. who's uh, like one of the bigger review entities, and it was a glowing positive review. I'm hey, super congrats, happy man! About that, yeah. There's been some so uh, early reviews from reviewers on Goodreads. Like, I'm just really glad people are resonating it, especially because we took a big swing with doing a kind of a different kind of main character for a mm-hmm. middle grade book. Uh, a little mm-hmm. like, you know, something that I thought would speak to me as a kid. And to see that that's mm-hmm. speaking to other people 
is just huge. It makes like fills our hearts with so much warmth. So I'm so glad people are enjoying. It. I can't wait for more people to read it when it drops. That's really exciting. so. Amen. Absolutely, man. Yeah, and That's I'm gonna, gonna be go. So dope. Yeah, I know. I'm so excited for it. I'll make sure to get you guys some copies. Uh, oh, thanks, and, man. Yeah, Thank and you. I'm very excited for people to read it. I can't wait to hear what people think. Um, and another big thing about it too is I know I've been posting on TikTok a little bit about just doing writing oh. questions every weekend. Nice. Uh, I'll probably go on there and talk a little bit. I did do a couple of posts just kind of walking through how Riley and I like would do Green Lantern pages when mm-hmm. we would do uh, when we would do Marvel style and Marvel method and like talk them mm-hmm. out and I kind of walk through people through it. They seem to really like it. So I think Zach nice. and I are going to team up and kind of do the same on TikTok a little bit. Cool. Um, Ethan, we got to get on TikTok. What the fuck are we doing? I'm on TikTok. <laughs> got to get on the talk. Uh, so oh, you oh, got to sh- get on TikTok and it's, you know, it's going to be a competition <laughs> between the two of us. <laughs> what do you do on TikTok? Well, dances. Oh, okay, cool. Oh, okay. Right. And <laughs> cool. That's that's cool. And I'll do lip dubs. Okay, yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We'll do cool. some duets. May the best uh, man win. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be a duet of Kenny giving some very some very well thorough uh comics commentary and then just next to it is me mouthing an ariana grande song yeah. it'll be pretty yeah, fun i think exactly yeah. or holding up <laughs> wily coyote type signs about how i'm an idiot and uh. <laughs> it's me. um uh anyway uh so also what's coming out is uh i think i've talked on here too about my book barnstormers that i did with Rudy Castellani yes, 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 yes. years ago mm-hmm. we did that as a kickstarter yeah, uh, mm-hmm. that's coming out again uh, now through Simon and Schuster and cool. the Insight Comics like kids imprint that they've created. Uh, that's coming out in Very September. Nice. It was going to come out last year, but because of COVID, it got pushed back. So mm-hmm. that's coming out, I think, around September 9th. So nice. that's really awesome. That's going to be out. Um, and then there's some other things uh, I can't say yet that are no. in the pipeline. Yep. All right. Uh, All right. So that's kind of what I've been doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's very exciting. Listen, exciting I'm just, stuff. Uh, I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to hustle. I like. I like telling stories. I get it. I, I like people. You know, I'm a huge reader. I've read like 140 books so far this year, mostly. That's comics. insane. <laughs> Kenny, it's so listen, good. we'll get into it when I get into what I'm reading. But I mean, mm-hmm. I read 520 last year. Like I read 70 volumes of One Piece and. uh a bunch of other stuff i was listen listen guys mm-hmm. i got a problem mm-hmm. and it's reading <laughs> because i read to go to sleep but then i don't go to sleep because i read so because you're too invested exactly mm. which is why i'm having a cup listen. of coffee at 8 18 p.m right now <laughs> there are worse problems to have i would say yeah. sir also you're on track to just crush let your last year's uh uh reading oh number. yeah <laughs> you're just gonna destroy yeah, so it you're already it's only March. i know right so let's That's dive good. into that. So now yeah. we're going to move into my next segment, which is uh, what I've been reading. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as I said, I'm a huge comics reader. I read, I usually like pick a theme or something uh, mm-hmm. and just kind of run with it. So like earlier last month, I read through all of the Judd Winnick Green Lantern stuff mm-hmm. from the early 2000s mm-hmm. because, so here's the deal. We all know I love Green Lantern. I'm a huge what? fan for Green Lantern. You, Kenny, a Green Lantern fan? No way. I know. Crazy, right? It's only like if I were a character in Doug, like my outfit would have been a Green Lantern t-shirt and khaki shorts because so I had like every Green Lantern t-shirt you could buy from Hot Topic. 
Okay, uh, we got a lot of talented folks that listen to this show, a lot of folks that uh, are aspiring artists themselves. If somebody doesn't whip up a <laughs> drawing of Kenny in the style of Doug wearing the Green Lantern shirt and the khakis, um, the, w- come on, guys. Someone's got to do it for he us. He needs and it for his Twitter profile picture. Yeah, <laughs> that would be so good. Oh, my gosh. If somebody did that, I would be eternally grateful. Mm-hmm. Uh, I won't say people have to do it, but if somebody did, I no, would. Well, I'll, I'll say they, yeah, have, they to have to do, to do it, it, or we're never making another episode <laughs> again. So, so better <laughs> Whoa, I'm taking a hard stance. If the, the show pilot, never comes out again, everyone will know it's that person's fault for not having done it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but any, I went back and checked that out because... Uh, at the time when I was first getting into Green Lantern, I couldn't really afford comics. Um, and the shop that I did used to go to as a kid had closed. Mm. So I could only get them spot here and there. And that was when uh, that was when Kyle Rayner was Green Lantern. Mm-hmm. So I picked mm-hmm. up a couple random issues here and there. And now I finally got to like dive in and read all the stuff I would have been reading in high school if I were able to. Right, right, right. Uh, which was awesome. So that was kind of like a fun little thought experiment. That's how a lot of my like... reading goes. Is I is like I I go I jump into eras that like when I was a kid, uh, and I would see all the stuff on the on the rack that I was really excited about, yeah. but I didn't have any money or anything, so I couldn't get those things. Like those are often the things I'm excited to read about the most is like the stuff that I saw but couldn't buy, and now I can just read anything and everything. Um, yeah. yeah. It, now I have adult money, yeah. so I can do whatever I want. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Kenny, really fast, um, just as a been... side thing, are you into the Grant Morrison series that just ended of Green Lantern? I like a lot of the stuff in it. I feel like I'm. I gotta read it again because I feel like I missed. That's so a lot confusing. That was going on. <laughs> like, because apparently, okay. So spoilers for Green Lantern number twelve. Um, so if you haven't read it, stop right now. Jump to a couple of minutes from now. So apparently, through volume two, maybe Hector Hammond was behind everything. Okay. Uh, <laughs> if you say so kenny well did you read issue 12 i did yeah okay so you don't even know when i say that. i don't know if... i like okay <laughs> I, it's because i ask because for me that series has gotten to a lot of like i'm i'm looking at the pretty pictures okay um, yeah i love grant morrison stuff and i love the crazy things oh yeah this one, oh yeah i think it's gonna I think it's going to read better when it's collected and you can understand. Yeah. Um, week to oh, week is another really thing. not. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Um, sorry to interrupt there, but another yeah, thing good. that I reread recently was uh, I reread one of my favorite things he ever did with Frank quietly, which was uh, the Pax Americana single mm-hmm. issue mm-hmm. from multi multiversity. The one where they basically do Watchmen with the Charlton characters right. in only like 48 pages. That's and it's got that magic double page spread that shows one location in three different units of time. I haven't seen that. Uh, that sounds really cool. Really? Oh my god, dude, you have to read it. It's a double page splash uh separated into like I don't know, like 16 panels Shit. and every alternating panel is three different moments in time uh when a murder was being planned during the murder and after the murder when it's cool. being investigated i'm, I'm gonna just go laid out right over yeah awesome. you gotta read it it's great um it's part of a bigger like multi-universe story but you could kind of read that one just on its own okay um so i read that recently and then another thing which we were talking about before i just feel like and another thing is gonna end <laughs> the catchphrase and another i like thing. it i like it um Another thing I've been reading, we were talking a little bit before we recorded, is yes. uh, reading and watching is Jujutsu Kaisen mm. from Shonen Jump. 
Mm. Um, Can you confirm listen, these rumors for me? Is it true that they're making comics over there in Japan? They are making comics <laughs> over there in Japan, and I would argue that they're maybe doing it better. Than maybe that. and oh, definitely. Okay. Okay. <laughs> definitely. In terms of, you know, just like my biggest thing with comics is I like to demystify the idea that like only a certain group of people can read them. Yeah. And yeah. I think that they should be available everywhere. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, grocery stores are getting back into it a bit. Like my, uh, my local grocery store, Meyer is like carrying scholastic trades yeah. and other stuff now, like in mass, which is great. Um, they're dope. even carrying Shonen jump volumes now. No shit. Wow. Cool. Yeah. Nice. Like they had my hero academia stuff. Is that GameStop thing still happening? How GameStop was going to carry individual issues? I haven't seen any of that. I, mean, I don't really ever Game, go to GameStop. GameStop's probably like just happy that they were the center of a meme-based stock trade. So now That's that they, they don't have to close. So I'm sure they're probably just shitting yeah. their pants about that. That's so. true. I haven't been in a GameStop in probably a year and a half. So Yeah. Um, but anyway, I've been reading uh, Jujutsu Kaisen. Well, mostly watching the anime and then reading the manga. Like, super fun they're real into like kids fighting some kind of demon there right now yeah got, right like, yeah 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 demon slayer that's uh, the hot Jizzy genre right now chainsaw man yeah phantom seer exactly just anything where it's like a teenager razzle and a monster which i'm down with i'm a big fan mm-hmm. of hellboy mm-hmm. so that translates mm-hmm. to i'll read anything from any country about somebody razzle and a monster just that's be right. razzle in them um but I've been enjoying that quite a bit, so I've read uh, 15 volumes of that this past two weeks. Can you can you monster. can you tell the people what the tiny pitch for it you gave me right before the call was because that made me want to go sure. and watch the show. Okay, so if I had to pitch it, it's like uh, take like the martial arts stuff of Naruto and mm-hmm. set it in like a Harry Potter type school. Right. Oh come on. So instead oh, of damn. yeah, so instead of doing like you know little spells and everything with wands they're punch kick spell mm-hmm. fighting yeah. monsters and stuff that eat people but there's uh, a twist oh yeah there is a twist so this isn't a huge spoiler because it's really the conceit of the show yeah mm-hmm. um the main character is all who's the hero is also the main villain because he's possessed by the most powerful demon. Come that's on, that's hype as fuck. fuck. So yeah, that's exactly. dope as fuck. It's like if the girl <laughs> from it. The Exorcist were a superhero, at any moment the demon dude could take over and knows everything he's doing to try to stop him. It's pretty fucking cool. Yeah, that's dope. That's dope. Yeah, I know. It's a cool it's a cool premise. I do like the anime a little bit more than the manga. The anime like has kind of better um, characterizations. Mm. Uh, so I'd suggest watching the anime first and then moving to that, but... I I am. It's one of the best shows I've seen in a while. It's keeping me super jazzed. I'm excited. I'm gonna probably watch some more tonight. We also nice. briefly touched on right before the show that uh, Chainsaw Man uh, reached its long anticipated ending, which then just revealed that that was part one and that there's a, a <laughs> yeah. New they part were like coming. psych. Yeah, psych. Nice. But it's coming out on a different platform. It's gonna be on the digital first Shonen uh, Shonen Jump Plus thing. Is that what it's called? Um, yeah jump plus yeah and then but of course the anime of that is coming which griffin you're gonna fucking you're gonna shit yourself over the chainsaw man well, anime when that comes out i bet i am because i read the first three uh chapters of it and i fucking loved it well um, yeah like and that shit that shit's good but like dude it's like later on like it gets nuts it gets uh, absolutely nuts fuck yeah. yeah um while we're in the realm of manga and anime kenny you a little aot action at all a little attack on titan 
Uh, I dropped off Attack on Titan a while ago. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I that's fine. it that's fine. It lost me. It it just lost me. I didn't. I wasn't able to finish it. It's, it's fine because thing. there's a lot of promises that are made. There's a lot of questions raised, and they make you wait for that shit. And I do is, not blame is anybody. On Titan the, <laughs> the anime equivalent of Walking Dead. Where, like, it was the biggest thing in the world, and then people have kind of fallen off, because it's like... I I would say no, because I think... Maybe it's just because I, I've hopped on board here, finally, with the anime, but the hype feels bigger than ever with this last okay. season. Okay. Oh, um, yeah, I haven't yeah. seen it die, like, you know, when we used to go to shows, like, there yeah. were still tons of people... Because, because also, yeah, because Walking Dead also, you know, it came out every fucking year for however many years. Is it still going? I think so. Um, and, you know, it would just, they'd hit you with those fucking cliffhangers every fucking season and, and that was about it. But Attack on Titan, um, I know that the first, like, three seasons, I think, came out. And there's been a, this huge gap between the third and fourth season. I was fortunate enough to not be on board for the first three, and had yeah, yeah. in 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 the in the time it took them to get this fourth season out, I watched those three seasons, of course. And so the gap for me was much smaller. But they took their fucking time with this last season, is is what I am aware of. And uh, uh, this last season has given me everything that I could possibly want. It's been That's so awesome. fucking good. Fuck <laughs> it's yeah. been yeah. so good. I didn't um, have anything against it. I just ended up dropping off like it's yeah that's understandable um so yeah that's that's good shit uh allison borderlands is a netflix series that is based off of a graphic novel uh a a japanese graphic novel that i cannot remember the name of because i only saw it in japanese and i don't know what the actual title of what was the name of the show alice in borderlands alice in borderlands Mm -hmm. did that come out recently i believe so I think it came out at okay. the end of um, it came out at the end of uh, this past year, and um, that is based on uh, a manga work. And I can't, I it, I don't think that the manga is called Alice in Borderlands. I don't think, but um, okay, but it's Those based on a manga. Changes, and I got you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, I'm interested to to actually go back and read it because I just finished this first season that they've done, and season two is coming. Um, but it's got you know because it's a uh, it's more or less a live it's a live action manga adaptation and so um, it's got some of those qualities some of those camp and over the top uh, <laughs> things that you expect from an anime but in live action and you know I love that shit I love I love some good camp um, mixed in with some brutal uh, violence and um, yeah good stuff I would uh, I would really recommend. When it comes to cheesy stuff, this is a perfect mm. example for me to segue into something else I want to talk about. Perfect, so, perfect. I am super hyped for that new Mortal Kombat movie. <laughs> oh my fucking god. Because... I cannot believe how how lame the front half of the trailer was. I was like, oh no, they're going to botch it again. And then the back half of the trailer was so fucking awesome. I cannot oh, wait. <laughs> yeah, because I felt the same because I was like, I don't know, it's fine. And then mm-hmm. when you mm-hmm. see that fight, between Scorpion and Sub-Zero where he cuts Holy him, shit. then catches Holy the shit. blood in midair and freezes it and then stabs him with his own blood and then kicks him across. I'm yeah, in. I was like, this is what I want. I don't need <laughs> Shakespeare 
when Fuck it comes no. to Mortal Kombat. I want mm-hmm. the craziest fights I've ever seen in my <laughs> mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. And over the finishers. The, top violence. the finishers. But, but dude. not to bum y'all <laughs> yeah. out, but what if that's the one cool part, part of the movie? Well, <laughs> I keep I'm thinking subscribed about it. to HBO Max, so I'm not going to be paying for it in the theater anyway. True. So True. I'll, I've, they've got my money already from when, subscriptions. When does so it come I'll just out? Watch that one part. Uh, April 16th, I think. Holy fuck, it's soon. I cannot wait. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Oh, did, I... And then a little bit of pop culture news. Did you guys Ooh. hear about that little botch with uh, Tom and Jerry, how people tried to yeah, start watching yeah, it yeah, and then the Snyder Cut started did, did we hear about it, sir? Uh, I went home because um, I wasn't – I don't think I was here when, when I found out about it, and then I went home that night, and I was like, come on, come on, and I clicked Tom and Jerry, nah, nah, no, no luck. But – I know some folks were lucky enough to experience the first of four hours of the Snyder Cut. Yeah, but... it wasn't it wasn't around long enough for anybody to get full pirated copies onto the internet. But the, I did see a couple of the leaked scenes. Did you see any of it, Kenny? I didn't look it up. No, I did there... promise Stegman that I will watch the the Snyder Cut for the group and report back. <laughs> oh hell yeah! Well, let Kenny, me tell you that there we, was one leaked scene that was party. pretty hype, dude. It was pretty hype. Okay. How do you how do you feel about the other Zack Snyder films? Of Man of Steel, like Batman, Batman a, v oh, Superman. Those? Uh not my thing. Okay. Okay. Not and so guess. I I would Man of ima- Steel is a really good dark <laughs> Dragon Ball movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I would imagine if you don't like those yeah. two, you'll probably love 4 hours of that exact <laughs> shtick. <laughs> yeah, I listen. There's mm-hmm. people who love those takes, and that's great. And I would never crap on anyone for liking like those versions. Mm-hmm. Just not my speed, not my type Ooh. of thing. That's fair. And I think that's a I'm valid happy, opinion. Yeah. Um, I'm happy that all these fans who've wanted this cut, like they decided to do that. That's awesome. Uh, but yeah, I am. I am. I have no like, expectations but like, going. But in. like, some of them should fuck off, right? Like... Some of them should fuck off. Some of them would just harass people relentlessly. Well, anyone who's done it in malice, like mm-hmm. any fandom in malice, is bad fandom. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll say that, and you can yeah. take that to the bank. And there's another. There's another catchphrase. Like, yeah, <laughs> I can't wait. Get it on a t-shirt. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, like I'm gonna watch it, but I have no expectations. I saw the original cut, and I thought it was, it was I was just kind of bored. Um, yeah. So this, like, if it's better than boring, then cool. Uh, then neat. I mean, I loved uh, like when I saw his version of Dawn of the Dead in the theater mm-hmm. way back when. Like, absolutely loved that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought like 300 was fun when I saw that in the theater too. So like, mm-hmm. the man can thrill me. Mm-hmm. So much like what, what in my favorite, one of my favorite horror movies. So this actually answers a question. So mm-hmm. this is a good segue into the questions that we got on Great. Twitter. So yeah, absolutely. so many segments. Uh, yeah, I know. God, man, it's like I'm a professional at this or something. Mm-hmm. God uh, damn. So I put out the call on Twitter for any sort of like comics writing related questions because you know mm-hmm. here on the. Stegman network of podcasts we like to educate people and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know try to share our wisdom Amen. one of the questions though was not writing related but what is your favorite horror movie and this mm-hmm. was from uh michael vinoy i think i'm saying that right if i say anyone's name wrong i'm sorry i didn't practice beforehand but Appreciate michael it. asked what's my favorite horror movie 
Mm-hmm. So over this past year, I dug into a lot of horror movies. One of my top ones now, probably tied with Alien, is Night of the Creeps. Uh, okay. Which, right. if you haven't seen it, is a mm-hmm. great like space zombie movie. And the cop in that movie, his catchphrase is "thrill me," which is now my favorite <laughs> one. And, like Dope. perfect way to answer the phone. Uh, tell me, tell me. me a little bit about this. Who's who's the director? When did it come out? I don't remember who directed it. I'm really bad. Okay, that that's, that's okay. Uh, that's I know okay. it came was out in the Zach early Snyder? 80s. Oh, not Zack Snyder. If he did, like that's a <laughs> that's a huge accomplishment for somebody that young at that time. Mm. But Night yeah. of the Creeps, you should definitely check it out. It's super cheesy, super 86, fun. I see here, nineteen eighty six. Yeah, year I was born. Fred Decker. You know, Griff it's, and I put out a, a full Supple Boys origin? episode about our favorite horror movies that people should listen to. It's pretty good. That's true. That's true. It's in the Supple Boys feed. Supple Boys being like the horror, flagship show. Go of check the it out. We know a lot about spooky, horror. Spooky Boys. Great cross promotion there, boys. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Um, that's our catchphrase. Our catchphrase is please listen to our podcast. Uh, ooh, like just real all quick, each one of your favorite. Man, ones. fuck, all time gut favorite? check. Just don't even think about it. Just gut check. You're I gonna mean, get to watch uh, one horror movie tonight. Gut check. Evil Dead. My the okay. first one that came into my mind is Creep. Nice, cool. I'm nice. not saying awesome. that's my favorite, but you said gut check, and that was the first one I thought mm-hmm. of. So mm-hmm. maybe that. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. I mean, we all we right. just got done talking about uh, Army of Darkness. Uh, when we and yeah. the recording we did earlier tonight and in the other was podcast we did today <laughs> yeah. yeah pre-show Damn, post-show don't right. matter um yeah. uh when i was a kid and army of darkness came out i wasn't allowed to go see it so i wrote what i thought happened in the movie <laughs> no because way I was so that's so to see good it. that is that's, so that's um, adorable that's a good movie yeah um okay so uh next question from mm-hmm. gary maloney is what's your favorite warm-up exercise if you have one uh, and he says he often does a bit of prompted flash fiction or will edit, uh, do an editing mm. pass on a project he worked on earlier. Um, I do uh, I do sometimes do, uh, like I'll edit on another project, kind of warm up. Mm-hmm. One thing I will do for comics writing to warm up is I'll just start writing a random scene of just whatever visuals pop in my head just to start getting the creative juices flowing. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it'll just like, you know, I'll just sometimes pick like a Mart like Daredevil or something and write a Daredevil page real quick mm-hmm. uh, without thinking just whatever comes to mind. Or I'll do something original. I did. And sometimes I do that and they end up being cool springboards and I file them away and mm-hmm. work on them uh, mm-hmm. later on. Uh, nice. Yeah. So, yeah, I do do those. I, I'll do quick little springboards for that. I'll just start typing and whatever comes in my head for a single page. And with those, when I try to do it, just to add more work to myself, I try to make it the most engaging, hooky first page mm-hmm. that I can do just out of nothing. Yeah. For sure. Um, Ethan, we don't do enough. We don't actually do enough writing to have warm-up practices for the writing. Because we don't write scripts. We write pitch documents and only pitch we, documents. We've written 100 pitch documents <laughs> and then rewritten yeah. those 100 times. Well, hey, that's good practice. That's true. Um, that's true. Actually, there was a question about writing pitch documents. No so let's way. move on to that. <laughs> All um, right. Oh, it was Jacob me. Farnsworth. <laughs> yes, yeah, review. Jacob Farnsworth asks, do you have any tips for a writer who struggles to sum up his stories? Is it vital mm. to have a theme message that becomes obviously portrayed? Uh, then he also asked, what kind of butts are good butts? Supple um, butts. Supple, supple butts, butts are the best butts? Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll let you guys handle that part. Um, okay, cool. Cool. Thank so, you. uh, so yeah, summing up stories. So I've talked to you guys a little bit about this. It's really mm-hmm. hard to sell a story in like a page mm-hmm. because you're only going to have an editor's time for so, you know, for like a little fraction of a window. They're super busy. They obviously want to bring new projects in, but not only do you have to try to hook them, you have to hook them enough so that they can take it and hook someone else and sell it to them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So a lot of ways to try to help with, you know, breaking something down and trying to be more concise and making it punchy is trying to think if you picked up a random book and it had a longer description on the back, what would sell you if you knew you were going to be spoiled, what would sell you to take it home and buy it? Yeah. Um, And also just, you can practice by taking like, let's say you take, you know, a new hope like star Wars and Mm -hmm. you write out a treatment, you know, a little pitch synopsis of what you would do to sell that, you know, like, you know, use some, you know, you, you want to sum up the story, but you also want it to be action oriented so that people get excited, you know, like, you know, like there's this galactic civil war and all this stuff. You want to bring that sort of energy to it when you're doing it, when you're summing it up and you kind of want to do a mix of like a helicopter view so that you cover everything, but Mm -hmm. pepper in some details to get people excited. So they know what sort of thing you're getting. Um, Usually the theme comes to me after I've decided what the story is. Like I realize what it, what it is I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't usually go in being like, I am going to talk about this. I usually have a story idea. And once that germinates a little bit from there, I realize like, oh, this is about this. Mm-hmm. And this is what I'm trying to say. Sure. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I hope all that rambling made sense. That sort of idea of writing almost being a therapeutic, for the writer in that instance to see what your brain is is uh, sort of festering on you get it out on the page and instead of like you're saying going in with the like the opposite side of the funnel instead you kind of put it all in you hit blend and you take a sip and you go oh well that's what okay okay <laughs> that's, that's what, what it that is was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. absolutely um cam asks how does writing structure for comics differ from a typical movie structure how does page count affect the structure? Okay, so actually page count is probably the biggest thing because with comics, unlike writing a screenplay or a book, uh, you know, a screenplay is a little bit similar because you have to equate about one page of script to one minute. That's about the general rule for a movie. For TV shows, it's uh, every two pages is a minute, I think, because it moves a little bit quicker. I might mm-hmm. be wrong on that, but I know at least with feature films, it's the general rule is about one minute per page. Yeah. So like a 120-minute movie should be about 120 pages of script. Mm-hmm. With comics, with storytelling and structure, you know, a page is a unit that you have to fit yeah. pieces of the story into, and you have to think about page turns. And, you know, there's a limited canvas that you can, you know, quote-unquote paint the story on with, mm-hmm. you know, scripting, the artist drawing it, Uh you have to think in terms of the pages and the form of the page when you're coming up with the story. When it comes to structure, in terms of like a larger idea of a story structure, you can still break something down into like a three act structure if you wanted to, or a four act structure like a um, like a TV drama does. Like a lot of times, if I have to write a four issue mini, I'll try to separate it a little bit like. Um, like a four act structure of a TV show, if yeah. it fits, if I need to do that. Yeah. Uh, just because each 
each part will end on a hook and a cliffhanger and then give someone like a good satisfying ending. Yeah. And I don't always do that. A lot of times, you know, it's good. Those sorts of things are good for starting out. The thing that a lot of traps that people fall into where they start to rely on those too much. And then they only worry about hitting the beats as opposed to telling the right type of story. There's really no rule about how many acts you need to have in a story. Like an act is just a unit of storytelling. You could Mm -hmm. have a story that could have seven acts or you could have a story that could have two acts. Um, It's just whatever fits best to that. It's good to start out that way. And a lot of times if I'm worried a story doesn't work after I've written it, if I feel like something's off, that's when I would sometimes go back and check like three act structure against it or, you know, like Dan Harmon's story wheel or something like that to see like, is this a complete story or am I missing something? Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't, after you learn the tools, it's good to break or shape them to try to develop your own voice. So like I said, I think it's really good to, you know, check yourself if you're in a, in a stuck position and you don't know what's not working yeah they're all kind of like i wouldn't worry so much about like lost at sea like Mm. like the idea that there's a direction you can move in, and it might not even be the right one but like it gets you thinking in some direction rather than just like feeling stuck um Mm -hmm. i love that axe can be any length as well like like just like because with most superhero stuff and sci-fi stuff like a lot of the time the third act is like by far the longest act in the thing like i'm pretty sure in army of darkness the third act would be like a, a large portion it's like the last hour of the movie <laughs> um oh yeah um yeah, it's whatever it's fits the story yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay so moving on to another question Corey king asks if two writers were on the moon writing comics and you killed the other writer <laughs> with a rock how fucked up is that would, well, who is well, the other well, writer I think more on importantly how fu- you know the question would be would that be fucked up would that be fucked up to begin with not how First fucked of all, up yes <laughs> yeah I, I mean yeah that's probably. a pitch for my new series law and order moon unit mm. uh, unit nice nice yeah i like it <laughs> um, but anyway uh okay so yes it would be uh okay. that would be messed up especially if you're the only two people up there because then you'd be alone mm-hmm. and if i was up there with another writer who would it be um i don't know d-dubs Sure, yeah, I'll fight D-dubs on the moon. <laughs> okay. Put it out there right now. I will fight D-dubs. I will fight Daniel Warren Johnson on the moon. But I won't kill him with a rock. I, okay. I can't do that. I will now, have a sporting match. Now let us turn the tables over to Mr. Daniel Warren Johnson. See if he will kill you with a rocket. Well, with first, a rock first if I want to know from becomes... him, would that be fucked up? Would that be fucked up? Yeah. And then if it would, how fucked up would that be? And then mm-hmm. if, if... Oh, yeah, if, okay. And then, and then would you do it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah because i just said i wouldn't so now i'd like to hear if he would kill me with a rock because that I'm might change your answer a... you might have to defend well, yourself can you Listen, text him when you're can on he? the moon you got to do what you got to do could you text him really quick and ask him i'll text him and ask him while we're doing the rest of the <laughs> yeah, questions yeah, yeah. but make sure you ask the three questions okay. in that order because first it's got to be would, would that, that be, be fucked up <laughs> how fucked up and and are you, you gonna do it are you gonna do it to me <laughs> 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 Thank you hey, very much, Corey. Daniel. <laughs> Bringing it back question. around. Good bit. Good bit. I love when it comes back up. <laughs> if you were on the moon with someone else and you killed them 
with a rock would, would that, be, that so. be fucked up and usually my stance is yes but you yes, know of course that kind of changes depending on who the follow other, up who the other question mm-hmm. yeah if it were you and me would you oh he said depends Okay. Okay. So that's answer number one. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Would you kill threshold. me with a rock? So now, no, 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 no. It's it's uh, how fucked up would that be? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Would that be fucked up? Okay. How fucked up? <laughs> how fucked? Like on a scale of one to ten. I'm leaning towards the like eight or nine. That's pretty fucked up. That's pretty fucked up. But also, you're on the moon. Are you stranded on the moon? Do you have any hopes of getting back to yeah, Earth? Yeah, is it a one person can return kind of thing? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or is it? There's did they also, just really annoy you? There are layers to this are question. Are you hungry? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And to answer your question, Ethan, very. Yeah, I could do okay. some. I could do some. Because if it were just you and me, and I got hungry. I mean, oh, I this know. is good. He said he asked, "Am I defending myself?" So I'm gonna <laughs> say, if it were you and me, would you kill me? Would you? Would you do it? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this is kind of like a more efficient Myers-Briggs where you really just get to know somebody fully immediately. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> uh... <laughs> anyway, we'll wait till, for what he's going to say. I asked him if he would kill me. And he That's all right. Second, I'll, I'll, so. I'll cut around it. It's all good. Yeah. No, it's all right. You don't need to cut around it. Leave it in. Now. You're right. You're absolutely right. Did Donnie originate this question, or did somebody ask us this question? Did we say who D-Dubs is? <laughs> I yeah, said Daniel yeah, Warren he said Johnson. Daniel Warren Johnson. Yeah. That's famed comic artist and writer Daniel Warren Johnson. Who is uh, about and we're to, finding out if he's a good person or a bad person right now live on the air. It's about to drop on us a Beta Ray Bill book, and I'm right so after fucking excited. Oh! Yeah, Hey guys, uh, you're listening to the Amazing Friends Podcast Network, <laughs> and uh, and we'll be right back. God damn it! God damn it! Okay, here's his answer. If it was self-defense or defense of a loved one, not fucked up. If just for the hell of it, pretty fucked up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No answer as to whether he would kill me. So I, okay. I'm going to count myself as a loved one. I'm going to take the no answer as an answer, though. That he's being oh, cagey. Oh, he's being okay. a little shifty. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. I'll do two more questions. Okay. I'll do. Okay. A, I'll do. I promised someone I would do theirs, so I'll do a multi-level one. But all right. Uh, Dave Acosta, friend of the show. Yes. Yes. Uh, amazing, talented artist. Asks or actually just requests. Uh, Tell us your Star Trek pitch based on never having watched any of it ever. Have you never seen Star Trek? No, I have. I just, uh. um, it was, my mom used to watch it uh. when I was little, and so she was way more into it, but I don't have, like, a big fandom for it. I'm a, um, I'm a big Dave's... Star Trek fan. Okay, well then I guess that'll be a, a test. Because, I'll judge uh, your Star Trek pitch right now. <laughs> Dave's favorite thing to do is to just throw a, give me a pitch for this yeah uh, thing yeah. at any moment in the day all right so here's my i'm not gonna think about it here's my star trek pitch okay 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 i don't know timelines wait is this star a comic trek, or is this a film or a tv show we'll say it's a comic okay uh, just because that's what i love doing. because if it's a we'll film it's a or if it's a paramount plus original that's gonna change some shit 
Okay, we'll say it's a comic. Okay. Uh, I'll say it's in continuity of the TV shows, mm, of the original okay. TV shows. So, okay. like, original okay. series, next original gen, timeline. Space, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay, original timeline. So, we're far, farther in the future than we've ever been. Even Almost farther than of... Discovery, because Discovery is, like, 900 <laughs> years after the latest we had ever been. Dude, I don't know. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I knew this was going to happen when you said you were like, because I don't know anything. Okay, we'll say 50 years after Discovery happened. Oh, no. Or maybe, right. no actually, hang on. Let me backtrack that. Well, keep in mind that probably uh, in Discovery, <laughs> the technology is now impossible to track because we're, we're a thousand years later. That's good because that's what we need. Okay. 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 So, my premise we have mapped all of known space Whoa. Okay. okay 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 so we're far enough that every every sector has been mapped we've okay. been everywhere that we know there's sentient life and then there's a green However, lantern to guard every sector <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> there's a green uh painted enterprise <laughs> nice. to protect every sector no but a ship that's on a routine mission gets uh a message from uh from someone who's seemingly like in like in warp okay so they answer it and try to go rescue and when they enter the warp the signal drags them into a negative universe that's completely unexplored Ooh. and maybe is the same universe where the evil goatee people come the from mirror. Uh, okay. yeah. yeah the mirror universe so then this ship is stranded can't get back and has to try to find any sort of allies in a in a universe where the federation is evil okay in okay in. now let me throw another curveball at you <laughs> okay okay that pitch but it's in the kelvin timeline so it has to be sexier mm. and more action sexier more Listen, lens flares if that's a detail that we have to work out as long as as long as my basic pitch was acceptable i'm good with that all right It'll but who is spock fucking is what i'm asking <laughs> i don't know maybe somebody in the mirror universe <laughs> okay all right okay. That's maybe really we haven't met yet maybe mirror mirrors mirror spock well we'll He's take that. We'll, buy, we'll buy it is what we're saying yeah, we're okay, in. cool. We're in. All right, sold. we do represent Paramount Pictures. Actually, <laughs> this is this is the Star Trek. This do? is actually very similar to uh, to what I imagine Tarantino's Star Trek is, which is uh, exactly that, but more people get like people get fucked up and people are fucking. So because it's in the Kelvin timeline. Uh, first, Papa John Iker is here. He says, when writing a script for a degenerate artist like Ryan Stegman, how do you mm. ensure that they don't go off the rails with their illustrative prowess to ensure the story being told isn't overshadowed by the incredibly detailed abs? <laughs> well, listen, when it comes to abs, I have a three-step program. No, so, I mean, I guess basically what John's getting to is like, how do you work? like with an artist like that um Mm -hmm. the best way that i found is whether i'm being paired up with someone like through a publisher so like if i do something in dc and um they're like hey we've got this artist we're gonna pair you with i always try and get on the phone with them first to talk about like one what do you want to draw in this story like what's not in the pitch or that we haven't talked about yet that you want to make sure is in there Two, do you like the story? Like, is there mm-hmm. anything that you would want to add or think that we could expand on? And three, 
what's, what are your favorite things to draw to make sure that I can put in a lot of those types of panels or those types of sequences, like right. things that you like. So yeah. I treat it, you know, like every project's like starting a relationship and I want to make sure that like it's both of our voices. Because uh, at the end of the day, like, you know, they're the one who's going to make it look awesome. Right. And I love collaborating with people. I like having people's ideas. I'm working with someone I've never worked with before and we're having a blast because we're riffing off each other's ideas and everything. We're putting things together. Very um, nice. I saw you looking up, Griffin. I can't tell you what it is uh, <laughs> in the video. I'll talk about it when okay. it comes out. Okay. Um, okay. I'll happily talk about it. Awesome. Uh, but yeah, that's that's really my approach when working with artists. Um, what was the what was the next question? Yeah. Um, next one is from Taylor Zomer. It's a little in line with what we were talking about earlier, but yes. What do you find is the hardest part of starting and finishing a script? Um, and secondly, where do you begin when working on a pitch? So that first okay. part, what's, what's the hardest part of starting and slash or finishing a script for you, Kenny? Okay. Um, I think a lot of times when I'm having in, okay, let me back it up mm -hmm. in general. I think the hardest part is when I feel comfortable enough with the outline to move forward. Usually I just push myself like jumping into the deep end of a pool. Like it's just time to go. Like mm -hmm. there's no more pretty planning get into it and i love the scripting stage so usually it's not super hard for me to do but sometimes i'll start second guessing if should this scene go here should this scene go there the best thing you can do is just not worry about it it's like it's like what neil gaiman says about like the first draft no one's gonna see so mm -hmm. you just need to get it down and afterwards you go back and fix it and you make it look like you planned it all along so a lot of times there's been whole times when I've written whole issues and thrown it out because I'm like, this doesn't work. I'll just start over. Um, so a lot of times with starting it's if I second guess where I should put scenes, um, I just try to push myself into doing it that way. I can just rearrange them later. Right. Finishing. I have a real, I'd like, I have to take that mantra of like finish, not perfect to heart because I'll noodle at something for too long. A lot of times. Mm -hmm. So I give myself a cutoff. Like when my brain literally can't think of anything to make it better, it's cut print time, send it to the editor to get notes. Uh, yeah. And I'll happily take notes. Cause I don't think anything's perfect when I do that cut and print and send it in. Right. But it's, it's a, it's a, technique that i picked up from a book i talked about on an older podcast we did called self-editing for fiction writers that nice. was very helpful to like try to teach yourself to find those natural points when you know something needs to be improved or there's still more to do or yeah. if it's time to just move on and like get notes on it mm -hmm. uh, and then the pitch thing like how to start with a pitch yeah um i think like a lot of times i try and make sure that I can sum up the story in one or two sentences to hook people with. And a lot of times when I come up with a pinch, a, a pinch, a pitch, I'll, I'll pitch it to my friends over mm -hmm. and over, mm -hmm. like in different small groups and get feedback. Mm -hmm. And the more and more I do it, the better I get at selling it, like in finding out what's the more important, like heated words that get people excited about it. Totally. So there was a concept I came up with recently that's, uh, like a hard genre mash mm -hmm. of two things, which I'm not going to say because I'm trying to pitch it. Still, okay. But okay. I, the more I talked to my friends and pitched it to them and laid out the story, the more 
I was like, okay, this is this is where I can hook people. This is where I can bring them in. Absolutely. So I think a lot of times is like trying to trying to whittle it down to a very sharp instrument in your mind of what the story is will help you get the rest of the ball rolling so you get that energy and that heat right to lay yeah. out the rest of it yeah i know because ethan's always pitching it against his uh against his fiance and i got a bunch of creative folks that uh that i live with that i love getting their feedback on as well so definitely yeah getting other people's thoughts on it um something that was really helpful for us per per ryan stegman's recommendation um was actually mr jim zub who we had on the show not too long ago he's got some excellent oh, yeah. resources just on his website uh for the whole like process of not only getting the pitch doc set up but also trying to you know get the pitch out there and scripting and stuff so highly recommend uh, visiting jim zub's website which i think is just jimzub.com and um checking out those that resources right. he has on there because those were immensely helpful for um us uh, me and Ethan um, getting pitch documents just set up on a very literal, like the formatting of them and, and then going from there. Cause then once you've got like all the little pieces sort of like in place, then it comes down to just like filling it out and first knowing what is supposed to be on the pitch doc is, oh, yeah. is, you know, it, it just, yeah. Great, great place to start. Um, awesome. I, I have one get... more set of questions here that weren't on that thread. That okay. a friend of mine right. said. Let me uh, um let me get through these these two. We can kind of lightning round. Oh, there's more? Okay. There's two more that are from the this this thread right here. The cool. first coming from just uh, Joshua. Actually the art Jedi, who is fucking phenomenal. Um mm-hmm. and very young, if I remember correctly. Uh but Josh, man, your stuff is great. Thanks for the little shout out you did on your most recent Spider Man piece. Um that thing is insane. We got our uh creators at uh, group chat on on twitter there with the with a bunch of artists and uh i know everyone was losing their shit about that piece um so good stuff josh he asks any tips for what a rookie penciler should focus on for their storytelling skills especially things they should do when following a writer's script i've been focusing on appealing compositions changing up the camera angle and energy in the figures of course I bet you Ryan Stegman would have some nice words to say about all this stuff. Uh, but Kenny, what can you tell us about from a, a writer's perspective? Um, what are some good tips for up and coming artists and their storytelling skills? Okay. Well, like you said, Ryan would probably be better suited, but I'll mm-hmm. share what I know mm-hmm. uh, from being, you know, in the vicinity of yes, my yes, super yes. talented friends. It sounds like you're doing all the right stuff to try to make your stuff unique. I'd also just remember that clarity always trumps trying to be more complicated. Um, you want to just make sure that you're being as clear with your storytelling as possible, that someone could follow what's happening on the page without any word balloons uh, or mm-hmm. any captions. Mm-hmm. So that would probably be me, uh, probably be my biggest one. Um, and also, and it sounds like you're talking about putting energy into characters, which is great. Also, never uh, underestimate doing a little bit more exaggerated facial expressions. Like, uh, one thing that I love about Ryan's work, actually, don't tell him I said this, uh, (laughs) is that he does really great cartooning and expressions with his characters' faces. Mm -hmm. Totally. Like, you get big expressions. uh, Like, you can read it across the room. There's, like, they stand out so so much. So... I would, you know, study a lot of like animation 
cells and stuff of like how they do uh, emotions and try to bring that to your work to try to bring real strong emotion, you know, so that when those big story beats hit, they hit hard. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that could be completely bunk. I don't know, but (laughs) that's what I'd say. Um, Tyrell Cannon has the last one from this one, and it's who's your X Men roster? Okay, uh, real quick. All right, if if I could just do an X Men roster, uh, Storm's the leader. Okay, okay, cool. Uh, the muscle is Colossus. Mm-hmm. Uh, for sort of like you want kind of somebody who can throw from a distance, so energy projection. I'd probably mm-hmm. go Dazzler, just because I like Dazzler Dope. a lot. Dope. Yeah. Um, for more of the sneaky mission stuff, I'm going to go Nightcrawler. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want a stealthy type person. Mm-hmm. And, well, I mean, Storm can already fly. Okay, well, you need a psychic and kind of a bad boy on the team. Mm-hmm. So we'll go uh, Quentin Choir. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Yep. That's his name, right? Kid Omega? Yeah. From Grant Morrison's run? Okay, yeah. yeah. Quentin Choir. There you go. And I mean, I'm always tempted like to throw Wolverine in because that's where the money. Because it's Wolverine. Because mm-hmm. it's Wolverine. Yeah. Okay. Here's uh, but here's he'll guest star sometimes. So. Yeah. Right. 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 You get the you get him on the cover and uh, sell a bunch yeah. of issues. Okay. Here's my here's my roster. All right. Uh, well, the leader is Dupe, and um, nice. and then the muscle is also Dupe, and uh, the flying <laughs> person, Dupe with wings. Uh, psychic is dupe with psychic powers. Um, and, uh, what else, what else is there? Um, oh, sneaky, stealth, a dupe, but it's like a black dupe. You would okay. be a dupe fan. <laughs> Just call it dupe saying. patrol. Dupe patrol. Let's go. <laughs> Thank you, Kenny. Perfect title. Marvel, where are you at, man? Get in my inbox. I'm ready to write dupe patrol. <laughs> that's, that's pretty good. Ethan? I'm just mad at you right now. I don't know. Because because I because I stole your dupe idea. Just because it all led up to dupe patrol. I don't want to. I gotta go. <laughs> okay, okay we'll we'll, we'll we'll skip your take on it then. I do have uh, my good friend Joe Movi asked me three questions that I'll answer rapid fire. Okay. Before we great. before we end, his first question: Do you know how much I adore you? Yes, Joe. I know uh-huh. how much you adore me, uh-huh. and I appreciate it very much. Two, does Ryan pay you to be on his show or to be his friend or both? He pays me to be his friend, and I did not realize that I'm contractually obligated to then do his show <laughs> based on those payments. Yes, yes. Um, three, what starts a story idea in your head? Is it plot or character? Hashtag fuck it on Porter. Uh, <laughs> Classic. <laughs> um, usually, uh, sometimes it's both. A lot of times, I'll just like my brain will just be running its crazy gears and I'll get an image and either from that image, you know, if it's a character like, Oh, so for fearless, there's a good way to tie it back to there. Mm -hmm. I just in my head pop the idea of like a girl on a bike with a, like a super long scarf and like some sort of like bug hero themed helmet. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, why is she doing that? Like what's, what's the deal with that? So that really stemmed character first but sometimes like I'll be listening to music and, uh, and um, sorry, somebody's trying to call. <laughs> you're good. You're good. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'll be listening to music and I'll just see a sequence play out on my head, which is kind of more plot based. Uh, I used to do that a lot in high school. Like I go on long walks 
uh, with my portable CD player at the time with my Sony Walkman. <laughs> so good. Uh, having to balance it in my hands to make sure it wouldn't skip. Uh, and I would just kind of picture sequences. So that's kind of like more plot based. But usually my brain will default to an image and then my other half of my brain will be like, okay, so why did that side of the brain come up with that? What does that mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like my brain is interrogating itself, and that's where the story ideas come from. Nice. Just like, why is the girl on the bike? Shaking, <laughs> <laughs> shaking the left hemisphere, shaking the right hemisphere. Um, I like that. But yeah, that's usually where those end up coming from. Fuck yeah. Nice. Is that is that it? You got any more for us? Uh, I think that's a wrap. All right. I think, I've, I think that's a wrap for all the questions. I hope they were helpful. I hope people felt entertained. <laughs> and as usual, as my good friend Garth would say, I hope you didn't think it sucked. <laughs> I Amen. didn't think it sucked. Yeah, and me neither. All right. Um, well, do you have anything Griffin's you want to... dupe joke. No, I thought it was pretty good. <laughs> um, you got anything you want to leave off with the folks until next time? Yeah, I just want to say, listen... The world has been a challenging place mm-hmm. this past year. Go read some comics. Share some comics with other people. Be good to each other. Go and make art. Mm-hmm. And we will see you next time. And on the Kenny uh, Porter Quarterly Reporterly. <laughs> and and pre order Fearless? Oh, yeah. I mean, I guess I should try to <laughs> sell books. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah. Fearless is available for pre order literally everywhere. Uh, mm-hmm. you can get it Amazon, Target, Walmart, uh, some guy you know named Jim. I bet he sells books. Yeah, uh, you can it. order it directly from Scholastic. You can go to your local comic book store, support your local bookshops, go there and pre-order it. Like you can get it anywhere. So I really Kenny, hope people enjoy it, and I can't wait to hear what people think. Kenny, I'm really really happy for you and all your success, and I think nobody deserves it more than you. You're a great dude and a great writer. Congrats, man. Fuck yeah. Oh my god, thank you so much, you guys. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and also, you're really good at Mario Kart, and it pisses me off, because every yeah. time, every yeah. time <laughs> you're up front, it sucks. <laughs> um, go guys, out on a high note on my Mario Kart. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> my Mario Your Mario Kart, Kart career. Guys, thanks so much for listening. The first uh, installment of Kenny Poor's Quarterly Reportedly. He'll be back, uh, which will be right around the corner. It'll be time for another one of Kenny Porter's quarterly reporterlies, and we can't wait for it. <laughs> Until then, you know all the usual spots. You can follow us uh, at Stegman Show. Of course, this is the Amazing Friends Podcast Network. There's three shows uh, that make up this network. It's Stegman and his Amazing Friends, Devil's Advocates Book Club featuring Donny Cates and Megan Hutchison, and the flagship show of the network, Supple Boys, featuring me and Ethan, getting to talk about all the things that we don't get to talk about on those other shows. Uh, and, I don't know, maybe there's weird narrative shenanigans, and maybe it's the best thing that we make uh, in terms of the podcast because we put a lot maybe. of time and effort into it. Maybe. It's it's up for debate. It's tabled for now. Um, you can follow me at Griff Sheridan, Ethan at Tales to Astonish, and Kenny is at Ken Blake Porter. You can find all the stuff that I've mentioned at SheridanandSmith.com, as well as some merch. Maybe get yourself a nice t-shirt for one of the shows. Uh, And also our Patreon is on there. So you want to get in on some of the perks? Of course you do. You can visit patreon.com slash Sheridan Smith or the link is right on the Sheridan and Smith website. Either way, guys, we appreciate you listening. Thank you so much for all the love and support that you're always giving us. And have a great rest of your week. And we'll see you guys on the next one. Bye-bye. Absolutely. Bye.
Hey, did you know that the podcast you're listening to right now is actually part of a network of podcasts dubbed the Amazing Friends Podcast Network, Ethan Parker Smith? I did, Griffin Sheridan. And did you know that for other great podcasts, comics, and more, you can visit SheridanandSmith.com? Huh. No shit. Mm-hmm.